Good morning and welcome to the Bear Brief. I am Bear with BearIndependent.com. Bear, 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 bear. We're going to do the brief today, 24 May 23. We're going to look at some uh, interesting back and forth between the United States and China and the G7. We're also going to look at some economic indicators here domestically in the United States of America or the Estados Unidos. And LA has approved the adoption of robot police dogs. Mm, we'll talk about that as well. Not a big fan. BT dubs, if uh, you're new here, subscribe, ring the little bell icon. You know, do all the things, the YouTube things, comment for the algo. If you're not new here, you know what to do. Share the show with somebody you love, and please make sure that you've not been unceremoniously unsubscribed from the channel by the YouTube algorithmic robot doggos. Ote? Ote. As always, the show is brought to you by Refuge Medical. I am the founder and CEO of Refuge Medical, and now through the end of Memorial Day, Monday I believe it is, uh, every order at Refuge Medical will qualify you to win. One lucky winner will get a field medic kit. It is a phenomenal made in America hospital on your back kit. You'll just, one of y'all is just going to win that. So we'll talk more about that later in the show. It is also week seven of the 50 weeks of preparedness. We're talking about water this week, and we're going to have a little chat about water storage in all of your preparedness journeys. Ote? Ote, bear. All right. Bear Independent Brief, 24 May 23. While they have pledged constructive and stable relations with China, the Group of Seven, or G7, leaders have announced a new initiative in response to what they have called economic coercion from China. I'm sure this would uh, have nothing to do with the BRI, the BRI, the Belt and Road Initiative that China has been using on, what, four continents to uh, coerce other nation states to play ball with China by offering infrastructure loans to those countries that uh, to build infrastructure in those countries that they really can't afford to pay. And then when they can't afford to pay the bill for the loan, China just nationalizes that infrastructure in all these foreign nation states. It's a lovely policy. I wonder where they learned it from. But I digress. It is expected that more nations will follow after the United States' example and attempt to thwart Beijing's efforts to advance their military. China, of course, did not take kindly to being accused of economic coercion and has blasted the President Biden for his insincerity, the country's foreign ministry spokesperson Mao Ning saying, The U.S. side asked for communication on the one side, yet on the other, suppresses and contains China by every possible means. It imposes sanctions on Chinese officials, entities, and companies. What is the sincerity and meaning of such communication? The U.S. should roll back sanctions immediately, clear the hurdles, and created favorable conditions for dialogue. End quote. Chinese people speaking English very much so reminds me of chat GPT. Like, the way the phraseology is. I bought a table saw at the woodshop one time. And, uh, unfortunately, it was manufactured overseas. And there was a diagram in the user manual for the table saw 
of a saw blade and a hand going into the saw blade with all four fingers removed. And it literally said something to the effect of, Please to no put hand for table saw to make fingers attach for no good. And then it had a, a frowny face. Please to no put hand for table saw for make no good fingers. Really, bro? Uh, just... The pictures would have been better without the commentary. So China is doing their typical rhetoric thing of um, basically at every turn questioning the authority of the United States of America. Kind of like that annoying kid on the playground that you want to punch, but you can't really punch because his dad owns your house kind of thing. You know, just to, to use the, the playground euphemism here. What is believed to be retaliation for the G7 consensus to de-risk from China, in what is believed to be retaliation for the G7 census to de-risk from China, Beijing announced that Micron Technologies Incorporated, their products, had failed a cybersecurity review. Micron Technology is an Idaho-based producer of computer memory and data storage. That's thunder. According to the State Department, the U.S. has serious concerns about China's restrictions of sales of Micron products. The Commerce Department is in direct communication with Beijing about the matter. As a reminder, Washington has blacklisted over 60 Chinese country companies due to national security concerns. Which, on the one hand, I think is very interesting. On the other hand, I definitely think that there are elements of Washington that are in bed with the Chinese. And I haven't quite been able to map out the landscape there of who's in bed with who about what. But as I've mentioned in previous briefs, I'm super interested in the fallout of the Totorinach Spybarun incident that uh, happened a couple of months ago, in which the Department of Defense had to admit, no, this isn't the first Spybarun. This isn't the first Totorinach Spybarun, even though it had, what, what did it have, 80,000 pounds of sensors and solar panels and crap like that on it? Some absurd number of not Spybarun technology flying over, maneuvering over, not just uh, being moved by the prevailing winds, maneuvering over U.S. military installations. And people would say things to the effect of, well, you know, those are hardened sites, you can't get any data from there. No, but they, these things right here, 7th generation collection devices, these guys, these, these cell phones, you may not know this, but legally, if you are emitting a signal capturing or intercepting that signal that's not illegal you're emitting it you are emitting it if i happen to scoop it up out of the air there's nothing illegal about that that's different than breaking into your phone or your computer or your router or whatever else so say my attorneys at caleb house What's the point? Well, maybe if I'm the bad guy, I don't need to get all the data directly related to those military installations, but I can now map every individual person who's carrying around their cell phone in their pocket at these installations. And you can do a surprising amount of stuff through OSINT, Open Source Intelligence, 
on this uh, newfangled technology called the interwebs, just having a thumbnail sketch of a human being. Yeah. Why would China want that data? Better question. Different question. Why would a China that's in collusion with the White House want that data on those people at those military installations? I'll ask you a separate but maybe related question. Why are so many of the current members of the U.S. Armed Forces post uh, two jabs in this other thing incident being required sometimes monthly to take constant oaths, constant oaths, that they will execute on the orders of the Commander-in-Chief. Constant oaths. And I've, I have contacts in all the branches. And I have contacts in all the branches, or recently separated from all of the branches, who have said things to the effect of, why are they making these young kids swear these oaths to the Commander-in-Chief over and over and over again? Now, tinfoil time. You got your... Uh, Reynolds wrap, let's get like a half a roll. I think it's about a half a roll is required for this conversation. Couple that with the hundreds of thousands of military-aged males, most of which are Asian. But we also, you have your, your standard grab bag of scumbags from across the world coming across the southern border. Notice that now that Title 42 has expired, even the Border Patrol is saying, I know, we're super duper in the weeds here, but eh, this conversation cost you nothing but time. So, um, now Customs and Border Patrol is saying, oh no, we went from 70,000 incidents a day prior to Title 42 to now we're, we're back down to normal of 3,000 incidents per day. And I know that there are good men and women inside of Customs and Border Patrol. I've met them. I've worked with them. I also know that uh, the vast majority of those good men and women abhor their leadership, who are a bunch of spineless politicians. So, bad guys coming from the South. Bad guys across that big Pacific Ocean who don't like us, who are in collusion with the bad guys in D.C. who take half of your paycheck. And who are requiring uh, the youngins in the United States military, those who did not peace out when they were required to do those two things and those other things, to take constant oaths to the bad guys in D.C. Mm. A house divided against itself cannot stand. Now, the, on the other side of that, okay, bad guys all around, what are we going to do about it? I still firmly believe the only way they get what they want is if we let them get it. And a lot of people are very quick to go to guns. And I think you should have a strategy for if there is no other choice. What does going to guns look like? Comma. We have other tools in our toolkit, man. Just don't participate in the shenanigans. Just don't do it. Um, be incredibly active at the local and the regional level. Build rapport. Have strong community ties. Outright reject anything that's a violation of your constitutionally protected, God-given rights. 
just a firm no. Nope, not doing that. By the way, hey, Sheriff, it's good to see you. Nope, not doing that. Hey, Governor, good to see you. Not doing that. Nope, just so we're all on the same page. If you're in support of doing those things, you're going to be out of a job. No, but we do not support that. We're not going to do that. Not happening. And uh, if it does go to guns, I do think a lot of, I know, deep rabbit hole, but whatever. I apologize. I'm short on sleep today. I do think a lot of the military is just going to be like, nope. And especially veterans, um, those that are no longer active duty, the majority of them are going to say, no, 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 we are not, we're not playing this game where we're going to, you know, there is this, there's this thing. Do you swear to defend this country against all enemies? and uphold the, cons- the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Foreign and domestic? Mm. And I think that's why so much effort has been thrown at by one political party of turning normal, God-fearing, law-abiding, faith-based preparedness people like us, painting us as the domestic threat. And the Rand Corporation, rabbit hole in the rabbit hole, recently came out with uh, a study where, based upon assumptions by the Biden White House and the Biden administration, the Rand Corporation, which is a left-leaning corporation, did a survey of military veterans expecting to find extremism. And what they found was that military veterans were less than half as likely as the general population <laughs> to be involved in any type of extremism. It was 0.7% in some way, and it, again, how do you quantify this, right? How did they quantify this? 0.7% in some way supported um, radical nationalism and or uh, radical, uh, what do they call it? Like white supremacy ideology. 0.7%. Now, that's a large group of people, right? There's a lot of veterans in this country, but 0.7%. Interestingly, 5.3% of the military uh, was in support of black nationalism. Explain me that one, Lucy. But they, what they didn't find was a whole bunch of support for, like, um, burn the White House to the ground, we gotta go to war against the government. Also, who answered this survey, <laughs> right? Because that the data set matters a lot. Um, they didn't find a whole bunch of like uh, radical militia types, religious extremists. They And they admitted, the Rand Corporation admitted that they were surprised by the results that they got. Hmm. How interesting. And I say that to say this, I do think, if it ever does go to guns, that the military uh, and the veterans that are out there by and large, are going to be, I hope, on the side of the people and not on the side of the government. Deep rabbit hole. Let's climb back out of that rabbit hole. Meanwhile, China has put pressure on the World Health Assembly, not the World Health Organization, the World Health Assembly, which is like a big circus of people who get together and talk about health stuff, to once again reject Taiwan's request to join the annual gathering, even though the U.S., U.K., France, Japan, Canada, Germany, Australia... And many more nations all supported Taiwan. 
the Assembly did not invite Taiwan, even as an observer. In fact, it has been reported that even Taiwan's journalists were excluded from the event and had their passes revoked last minute. Quote, Politics should not be allowed to take precedence over professionalism. <laughs> Too late. It is not only unfair and unjust to shut Taiwan out due to Chinese political pressure, but also poses a serious threat to global health. I'm getting super duper tired of these random serious threats to global health. Like, um, eat real food, drink water, move your body, do shit outside in the sunshine. Or in the rain if it's raining. Like, go outside, eat real food, move your body, drink water, get sleep. You know what's going to happen? Mm, you're going to live a long time. And all these random superbugs that just sweep through the atmosphere. Mysteriously. You know, when you aerosolize bat soup from a certain continent over there. Um... Are you going to get sick? Yeah, you might get a bad cold. You might get the flu. Are you going to die? Uh, statistically, no. Statistically, you require a minimum of three comorbidities in order to die from aerosolized bat soup. Which, I know, logic is something that's frowned upon these days. Logically makes one think, maybe I could mitigate those comorbidities. And not be a statistic when the next bout of aerosolized bat soup comes around. Hmm. Which, of course, gets back to the big they, the government, those in collusion with the bad people over there. They want you fat. They don't want you to eat real food. They don't want you to go outside. They don't even like people in nature, right? Agenda 2030, anybody? Um, they want you broke, right? <laughs> they want you demoralized. They want you separated from the creator of the universe. So maybe do the opposite of all those things that they want you to do, because when you do all those things that they want you to do, aerosolized bat soup can kill you. When you do the opposite of all those things that they want you to do, when you live as the man or the woman that the father created you to be, um, turns out aerosolized bat soup, it just makes you have a, a cold or the flu for a few days, and then you're fine. And then this amazing thing happens where you have antibodies in you. And so the next time aerosolized bat soup comes around, it's not that bad. It's like, do I have allergies today or a global pandemic? I don't know. It's hard to tell because I'm, I'm living like a feral human being the way I was designed to live, not like a hamster on a wheel inside of a box begging my handler to feed me and water me every day. Just a brief anecdote. Taiwan's Ministry of Foreign Affairs commented all those things that I just said before, not the editorialization, but the quote. China's efforts to shoulder Taiwan off the international stage is nothing new, of course, but this has received fresh criticism amid international tensions in the wake of a worldwide pandemic. Media outlets have reported on the threat of China's echo chamber and how the country is endangering the world's health. <laughs> China endangering the world's health? No. No. I mean, does anybody have any evidence of that? Look, let's, let's be honest here. Really? Oh, yes, as it turns out. Really. Um, interesting. Diego Garcia. Have you seen that? Uh, the Brits are talking about 
giving Diego Garcia back to the Islanders. Um, I don't know if anybody knows this or if anybody's told our friends across the pond, but we're going to have a war with China. That's going to happen. The entire United States Marine Corps has shifted all of its training act. I was just talking to a jarhead about this a couple days ago. Um, has shifted all of its training to littoral combat within 12 miles of the coastline and artillery. Or, I say all. All asterisk. The vast majority of its training to littoral combat and artillery. Island hopping. It's an indicator. Now, there's a couple other things I want to look at today in the brief. Before we do, 50 weeks of preparedness, week 7. Uh, on Monday, we talked about water, how much you need. And I told you all to plan for a minimum, a minimum of 3 gallons per person per day. Many of you all commented uh, 5 to 7 gallons per day is a better number. I agree, it is a better number. And I'm saying minimum three gallons per person per day. And then many of y'all pointed out, I live on a homestead and I have to water animals and it's a lot closer to 20 gallons per day. Mm-hmm. Now, a super cool thing with that, understanding that fixed fortifications are a monument to man's stupidity, General George S. Patton. Um, one of the nice things about fixed fortifications, a.k.a. your homestead or your suburban Shangri-La or wherever you live, is they have roofs. And you may or may not be able to hear the thunder of the impending storm of doom coming across the ridge. But uh, thunder usually precedes rain. And if you have a roof with a gutter on it and a downspout, you can collect rain. Now, in certain parts of the country, they have outlawed rainwater collection, to which I would give those people earmuffs, children, maybe have your... I know some of y'all let your children watch the show. Uh, this might be a good time for them to look away from the screen. I would give them the double-fisted salute on the no rainwater collection, okay? It falls from the sky. Humans are the only species on the face of the earth that pay to live here. Mm, no. Let's focus on being feral human beings. Okay? Feral. Get out from underneath the thumb of the system. There's... <laughs> worldly authority is completely anti-God. Okay? If you, if you are a possessor of one of these... This here is the Bible. This is the scriptures version of the Bible, scriptures translation of the Bible. I have 15 now different translations of the Bible. This is my EDC Bible, Everyday Carry Bible. So when I read every day, it is filled with notes. I'll just give you an example. Let me find any, like any gospel. Underlined, notes written in the margins. If we go to the Gospel of Matthew, like just scribblage, man. Look, I'm a scribble in the margins guy. Okay, so this is my EDC Bible. If you have an EDC Bible, by the way, did you know that 52% of uh, 
<clears throat> self-described Christians in the United States of America, 52% admit that they don't read their Bible. If you don't read your Bible, how do you know you're a Christian? How do you know what to do? I'm a bulldozer operator. Cool, man. Do you know how to operate the bulldozer? No, I just sit in the seats for a couple hours per week. Mm, I don't think that makes you a bulldozer operator. I think that makes you a guy who sat in the seat of the bulldozer for an hour or two each week. Right? But I digress. Worldly authority is the complete antithesis of the Father's plans for his people and people in general. Let's bring that background to water storage and rainwater catchment. So if you live in a place where rainwater catchment is illegal, I would double fist salute the powers that be that say, no, you can't capture rain. It falls from the sky, homie. Okay. So I have just on the opposite side of this wall, 2000 gallons of water tanks right there. Um, IBC totes and there are purpose built. There are better tanks for collecting water than IBC totes, but the IBC totes have, um, they have the benefit of being readily available in most places around the country. So IBC totes, they hold from 225 to 330 gallons. I have six 330 gallon tanks on the backside of this team room right here. That's awesome. That's 2000 gallons of water. Um, many of y'all have asked about pools. Can I use a pool for water storage? Most of the research, the vast majority of the research I've done on this is the answer is yes, if it's a saltwater pool. If it's a chlorinated pool, you're going to really overtax the filters on your Berkey water system, or you're going to have to use like distillation in order to get the water separated from the chlorine that's in there. It's a lot of chlorine that's in there. So you can in a chlorinated pool, but it's a lot of damn work versus a saltwater pool, saltwater distillation or good water filters. And you have water, potable water, water that you can drink. So I got another 8,400 gallons of water in the pool. Um, I've also got three creeks and three wells and two ponds and two springs and rainwater catchment and rural water run onto the property. So I've got multiple different types of water. But what about you? Water storage is bulky. It's heavy. Uh, it can get expensive. When I lived in the Burbs, in my backyard, I had uh, seven, I believe it was. Yes, seven. 55-gallon blue water drums. And I filled them inconspicuously from the downspout off of the gutter on the back of my house. And that gave me, what, what's seven times 55, 35, 385 gallons of water. Um, it was approximately a month's worth of rationed water for my house. Another thing that you can do is uh, the water bob. If you have tubs in your house, get the water bob. I think it's about 30 bucks. Just go on the internet, search water-bob, B-O-B. And it's a water bladder that you put in your tub. And it has a fill spout. You put the fill spout around the tub nozzle spout. Fill, and if the power goes out or a storm's rolling in or whatever, like at the first sign of trouble, you fill the water bob. It also has a hand pump on it. You can then pump, I believe it holds 100 gallons out in the tub. Many of y'all have also mentioned that uh, 
if your house has a hot water heater in it or a water heater in it, um, that that holds anywhere between 30 and 80 gallons of water. It does. That's some water. It's not going to get you too far, but it is there. So think about your water storage. And what I like to encourage people to do is get a month's worth of water storage put up at that minimum three gallons per person per day. Um, if you have five people in your home, 30 days in a month, that's 450 gallons. Get a month's worth of water put up. That could be two 225 IBC totes or eight 55-gallon barrels-ish um, or a combination thereof. Water is very difficult to um, transport. It's heavy, it's bulky, etc. But it's the number one thing, man. Uh, water, you'll die without it. So, audit your water storage systems. Do you have enough? Okay? Okay. Now, from usnews.com. Economic indicators continue to drop, sigl signaling possible recession. Yay. Most of the components of the index turned negative. By Tim Smart. A forward-looking measure of the U.S. economy fell again with most components in the negative territory. The business organization's leading economic index fell 0.3% for the month, following a 5% drop last month that has now fallen by 2.7% in the past six months after a 1.7% gain in the prior six months. The U.S. LEI declined for a sixth conservative month, potentially signaling a recession. Said Chabada Chabada, Senior Director Economics at the Board, quote, Among the index's components, only initial unemployment claims and the yield spread contributed positively over the last six months, and the contribu contribution of the yield spread has narrowed recently. Azi Yeladarilim said that the strong labor market is likely to continue softening in the coming months, adding to the likelihood of an economic downturn. Indeed, the average work week in manufacturing contracted in four of the last six months, a notable sign as firms reduce hours before reducing their workforce, he added. Economic activity will continue slowing more broadly throughout the U.S. economy and is likely to contract. I just want to point out here the manufacturing sector reducing hours before it reduces its workforce. I think one of the ways that, one of the most important ways that we weather this economic storm that's coming here in the United States of America and very possibly globally is supporting American manufacturers. To the best of your ability, please consider supporting American manufacturers. Yes, in many cases, it costs more money. But yes, in many cases, you get a far superior product. I'm wearing, on, just on my foots right now, got a pair of Belleville boots. Made in America. They're really good boots. I like them. You might not like them. I like them. Um, in between my feet and my boots are covert threads socks. Every stitch, every thread made here in the United States of America. Covert threads socks. I don't have a promo code with them. They're just an awesome company. I love them. Highly recommend you check them out. Um, this is an origin hoodie made here in the United States of America. The cotton was grown in Texas, and uh, I believe it was cut and sewn in North Carolina. Like, it's, is it a $100 hoodie? Yeah. It's like the only hoodie I have that's better than this is my other origin hoodie. And when I say better, it's just a heavier weight hoodie. So, I get that you can get a hoodie for $12 from Walmart. You're not going to get the same hoodie. 
and you're sending money overseas to organizations and outfits that in many cases use unethical labor to produce that product in the first place. I don't know if this hoodie will last six times as long as the $12, $15 hoodie from Walmart, or if it's six times better. I feel better wearing it because I know that if I... If I can, I want to buy American. Not everything is American. One of y'all pointed out this knife. Benchmade Barricade. It's made in China. Oops. Right? I'm not perfect at this either. But, to the best of your ability, I would encourage you strongly to support American manufacturing because those are our brothers and sisters here at home that are going through the same economic type, tough times that we are. And just from a, from a strategic standpoint, if we, when we, do get into wars in Europe and Asia, which is likely to come in the very, relatively near future, if we don't have the ability to produce the things that we need to feed Americans, to clothe Americans, and to prosecute wars halfway around the world, we're done for. We're done for. Uh, we, do, we do not want to be under siege. What happens when you put a location under siege? You cut off the flow of goods and services in and out of that location. If you can't get the stuff you need, sooner or later you have to give up or die. And that's going to be a really bad place for us to be if we get into a war with China. And so, if we don't right now support American manufacturing it won't be there when we need it right now I think it's going from a nice to have to a need to have I think in the future American manufacturing will 100% be a need to have for the sustainment of this country so just me to you please support American manufacturing the index is yet another sign that the economy is slowing in the face of higher interest rates from the Federal Reserve. The central bank, rate, central bank raised rates again on Wednesday, whenever this article was written, while signaling more hikes to come. Federal Chairman Jerome Powell has acknowledged that its attempts to corral inflation will cause pain to both consumers and businesses. Quote, there's no way to know definitively when or at what level the Fed's policy rate will peak, but there should be little doubt that policymakers are firmly focused on bringing inflation back under control, even if it results in outright job losses and inflation, said Jim Baird, chief investment officer at Plante Moran Financial Advisors. Following yesterday's third consecutive 0.75% hike, another 1.25% still appears to be in the cards by the end of the year. Labor Department reported claims for weekly unemployment benefits rose slightly last week. Also Thursday, mortgage rates hit their highest level since 2008. Monetary tightening is achieving its intended purposes with sales of existing homes down for seven consecutive months and August sales prices down 6% from their June peak. While sales prices are still higher than a year ago, the growth moderated into single digits, a clear sign that exponential growth of the past several years has slowed. Gross. So economic indicators not looking great. 
Uh, last article I want to look at, this is uh, Russian propaganda from RT.com, Russia Today, but it involves Los Angeles police dogs, robot police dogs. <sighs> I can see the risky crisky memes already. <laughs> Several U.S. cities have faced a backlash for seeking to adopt the dystopian and creepy technology of robot police dogs. Los Angeles City Council has authorized the use of a robotic dog device by the local police department despite protests from residents and some dissenting council members. New York previously unveiled similar tech and faced major public backlash. You know where my mind goes to? Remember a couple of years ago when the aerosolized bat soup was flying through the air and there were those images and videos coming out of China of drones going down the road, telling people to get back in their houses. Yeah. Yeah. And, and interesting, where is this technology being adopted? High population density areas. Does that mean there won't be robot police dogs out here? There might be at some point. Um, but I'm fairly certain, this could just be hubris, but I'm fairly certain... My four livestock guardian dogs can kill a robot police dog. I mean, unless they put a machine gun on the back of that thing, which nah, I think it's 50-50 at this point. Let's see. City lawmakers voted 8-4 to four on Tuesday to approve a donation of a quadruped unmanned ground vehicle to the LAPD from the nonprofit Los Angeles Police Foundation, which supplied the $277,000 robot to the force free of charge. I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say maybe that more than a quarter million dollars could have been used for simple things like tourniquets, bleeding control kits, more training, maybe, just maybe uh, injured officer fund, um, yeah, maybe pay raises for law enforcement, um, better radios, body armor, <laughs> maintenance on their vehicles. I'm just, just going out on a limb here. Nope, we have one $277,000 robot dog rather than some $30 tourniquets. You buy a lot of freaking, that's, what is that? That's 9,000 tourniquets. Or one robot police dog. Designed and manufactured by Boston Dynamics, totally trustworthy organization, by the way. They're definitely not part of the military-industrial complex and in bed with DARPA and all these... You know. Designed and manufactured by Boston Dynamics, the robotic dog is capable of navigating terrain and buildings autonomously and can be equipped with a wide range of surveillance gear, sensors, and other, air quote, payloads. Hmm... Hmm. So the next Waco will be fought against robotic dogs instead of M1 Abrams. Got it. For police, it is generally intended for use in dangerous situations that could put officers at risk, acting as an extra set of eyes and ears for the department. I want to comment on surveillance gear, sensors, and payloads. Um, boys and gerbils, if you are intending to do green-eyed, googly boy stuff if, when, SHTF happens. And I'll reserve my commentary on whether or not that's a sound plan. 
But if you are intending to operationally operate at night like an operator, I implore you, please learn about thermals. How to reduce your thermal signature using microterrain and buildings and whatever else you can. Please learn how to reduce your thermal signature and also add thermal capability to your suite of technologies. And also, also, do not forget the threat from the air. UAVs, we're seeing this a lot in Ukraine right now and elsewhere. Uh, an unmanned aerial vehicle, UAVs, um, they can loiter high enough and they're quiet enough that you won't even know that they're there. And they can, at a minimum, be reporting back on your position to somebody else using thermal sensors. And if you are using night vision, IR, I would encourage you to work on passive night vision rather than keying your laser designator and your illuminator and your blinky IR designator on the top of your helmet because anybody else who can see in the dark can see those things too. So, robot police dog with a suite of sensors. Um, it'll very likely have cameras on it. It'll probably have infrared cameras on it. It might have thermal optics on it as well. Probably will. Um, thermal, it's not a be-all, end-all. But man, it's a force multiplier. To which I would comment, maybe one also needs a designated robot police dog deterrent device. You might, you might just think about. having a an SOP for if when the robotic police dog shows up yeah just just throwing that out there however the new addition to the LAPD faces sharp criticism from residents with several citizens slamming the council's decision during public comments on Tuesday one local said quote i don't want to arm artificial intelligence end quote i agree while another declared that the use of the robot would eventually lead to, quote, robot cops, asking, quote, didn't you guys see that movie I, Robot, or Terminator, end quote? Yeah. I... So apparently there, there is still some common sense in Los Angeles. Yet another citizen said on the city council's public comment period uh, was clearly performative, accusing local lawmakers of ignoring the wishes of their constituents. Quote, after listening to overwhelming public comments, you vote the opposite way. New York City and San Francisco have already rejected these robot dogs. The LAPD does not need military weapons, end quote, they said. New York's decision in 2020 to employ the robotic dog, <coughs> which the NYPD dubbed DigiDog, proved equally controversial with the city cutting short its first contract to lease the device after New Yorkers decried the tech as Orwellian. However, officials later reversed course and returned the dog to the force last month, with Police Commissioner Keyshant Sewell stating it would be used in a way that is, quote, transparent, consistent, and always done in close collaboration with the people that we serve, end quote. Transparent, consistent. When a politician is speaking, when their mouth is moving, they're lying. Transparent, consistent, and always done in close collaboration with the people that we serve. 
San Francisco even considered allowing its police department to use robots for deadly force in case of emergencies, but later voted that down, voted that policy down following public outcry. Deadly force in case of emergencies. Define an emergency. Yeah, I'll wait. Define an emergency. The city council doesn't like the way you're behaving? It must be an emergency. Oh, robots are cleared hot for deadly force. As they say in the streets, nah, dog, nah. L.A. Councilman Hugo Soto-Martinez was among the lawmakers to vote against the decision, arguing, quote, This item is being painted as merely an acceptance of a donation, but it really represents an expansion of the current boundaries around policing and surveillance, end quote. City officials claim the robot will be primarily used by LAPD's SWAT team and will, quote, enhance officers' safety during high-risk incidents, end quote adding that it would, quote, fill a critical gap, end quote, for the department given the device's unique features. Critical gap for what? You're policing. You're not an intelligence agency. You're not the military. You don't have a mandate to operate against the citizens in your jurisdiction. I'm going to go with no. Weaponized robots, I'm just going to lean towards nah, dog. Nah. Now, that is the brief for today. We are going to talk about a value exchange at this point. <clears throat> and if you're one of those people that wouldn't like to participate in that conversation, I bid you adieu. Now, the links to everything I'm about to discuss are in the description down below, as always. Patreon. Uh, listen, if you're on Patreon, I dropped the link to the Whiskey with Bear fundraiser for Caleb House in Patreon this morning. You may have to scroll back a couple of posts to find it, but that will be taking place in North Dallas to raise funds for Caleb House, which is our juvenile human trafficking survivor restoration facility, a.k.a. it's the place that we're building where we can put kiddos back together again who have been serially raped and trafficked by assholes. Our primary mission is to protect and raise up the two dozen children that we have in our care, ages 1 to 19, right now. Our secondary mission is to fund and build Caleb House, which is a dedicated restoration facility for those children and for more to come. Our third down the list is to make sure that bad things happen to bad people. And we're very passionate about making sure that bad things happen to bad people. Um, there's a... Uh, Let's go back to the blue book over here. By the way, this channel is unapologetically for people of faith who are preparing for the uncertainty of the times ahead. And so, if you don't fit into that column, I don't begrudge you that. But um, understand who I'm talking to day in, day out. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, verse 6. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble... It is better for him that a millstone be hung around his neck and that he be drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe to the world because of stumbling blocks, for it is necessary that stumbling blocks come, but woe to that man by whom the stumbling block comes. Woe to you, stumbling block. The Redeemer of the world said that if you cause one of these children to stumble, 
it would be better for you if we tied a large rock around your neck and threw you into the ocean. I'm a biblical literalist, and we take that very seriously. So, Whiskey with Bear, North Dallas. Link is on Patreon. Also posted on Patreon this morning a video titled, Are You Up? Many of y'all didn't watch the video before you commented. I'm up, Bear. Yeah, it's 3.35 here. I'm up. Watch the video. Understand what I'm talking about. Do you have the ability to be up? How quickly from external stimulus can you execute a response right now? Because that dovetails into what your preparedness for SHTF looks like. However you define SHTF, it's the end of the world as we know it, right? So whatever might happen, that external stimulus that causes you to react, how long does it take you to react? And what does that process look like? And some things that you need to consider in that process and some things you need to drill to hone in on that process. That's up on Patreon today. Now, Refuge Medical. Uh, again, I'm the founder and CEO of Refuge Medical. We have saved 77 lives to date. Praise the Father. I put a video up yesterday, a couple days ago, a couple days ago, on Life 76 and Life 77. Just incredible, man. Um, DK, if you're watching this, good job. Great job. One was a workplace injury. The guy had his calf almost completely severed in the workplace. We don't, we don't assume, most of us, that bad things can happen in the workplace. This guy was stacking a pallet, hand stacking a pallet. He almost got hit, I'm assuming, by a forklift. And he jumped out of the way. But when he did, there was sheet metal extending from another pallet. And he tripped and fell in the sheet metal, caught his calf and almost completely severed his leg. The tourniquet applied, the tourniquet hadn't been applied. It took uh, the local fire department 10 minutes and EMS 16 minutes to get there. You have two minutes in that situation. You have two minutes in that situation. And so a tourniquet was applied. And praise the father, this person had a tourniquet on them because a lot of these workplace you know, or job site first aid kits they don't have tourniquets in them and if they do it's this bs stretchy rubber band venous tourniquet that's used for gaining access to veins when you're running an iv or taking blood it's not a committee on ttc recommended windless tourniquet like either this cat tourniquet right here or this soft t tourniquet right here these are the two that the committee on ttc tactical combat casualty care uh they don't recommend them but they approve of them Okay. Um, so 76 was a workplace accident 77 was a law enforcement officer who was getting attacked by a dog and in the process of putting the dog down unfortunately also put a round into their foot and of the 4 to 6 responding units only one of them had a tourniquet and it was in their vehicle it was not on their person so this same person, DK, uh, is also an EMT and arrived on site and was able to apply a tourniquet to that officer and save them. They lost a lot of blood and wound packing and direct pressure was not working. So great job. 
Uh, it just illustrates the importance of having life-saving devices near at hand. That's what we do at Refuge Medical. We want to equip and empower you to have the stuff that you need to save a life, possibly your own. Um, I want to save lives. I don't want to talk about the potential for death. Fixing to get real, y'all. I want to help you save lives. And that's what we do at Refuge. We've been doing that for four years. And we've been blessed to go from my barn four years ago to now we're on four continents electively with all branches of U.S. Armed Forces. The bear fact has over a hundred five-star reviews, like 77 lives saved to date. It, it works. And so I would just ask you kindly to consider, if you're going to invest in first aid, to consider investing with us at Refuge Medical. All of our stuff is HSA and FSA eligible. We make every stitch, every thread, every grommet here in the United States of America. We use the best components we can, so you don't have to worry about whether or not this stuff is going to work. There's a lot of really bad counterfeit and cheap stuff on the market that doesn't work. And I, I don't know if you've ever priced the cost of flowers for a funeral, but they cost more than one of our first aid kits. And I don't I don't want you or somebody you love to bleed out and die because you saved a couple of bucks on a kit. So, that's why we do what we do. And I promise you, I have low margins, <laughs> low overhead. Um, and the reason for that is to be able to get as many good kits into as many good hands as possible. So, check us out. RefugeMedical.com Refuge Training um, we are doing classes in Oklahoma today and this week, and we have upcoming classes in September and October in Boise, Idaho, and in Tell City, Indiana. So if you'd like to come to class and learn how to use your kit, please check us out, refugetraining.com. <clears throat> you can use promo code ALUMNI if you've already been to class and would like to send somebody else from your family or your mutual assistance group or your firehouse or your EMS squad or your law enforcement department or whoever. If you want to send somebody else to class, you can use promo code ALUMNI and get a significant percentage off. Last and certainly not least, grindstoneministries.com. If you'd like to help us continue to do what we do, which is disaster relief when there's a hurricane or a tornado, whenever that happens, and full-time job with Caleb House, which is restoring children who have been serially raped by pieces of garbage, please consider checking us out at grindstoneministries.com. Sign up for the email blast. If you feel led by the Spirit to donate, there's a button there where you can. It's a big battle, y'all. A lot of y'all told me to check out that uh, Sean Ryan show with Zero Day. Talking about the uh, stuff that he stumbled upon with C-Sam and really bad things happening to children. And I am disheartened to say that there was nothing in that 
two hour and 48 minute long interview that even remotely surprised me. That's just a part of life now for us with Caleb House. We know all that stuff. And we deal with the back end ramifications of that. What do you do to help somebody after they've been through that horror? And we couldn't do that without you. So I genuinely appreciate you and thank you for your support at grindstoneministries.com because it's, is it expensive? Yeah, everything's expensive nowadays. It costs twenty dollars to $50,000 to do an extraction to go get somebody and pull them out. It costs over $30,000 a month to take care of the kiddos that we've already got. That's expensive. But the emotional and spiritual toll on the children as well as the caretakers that we have at Caleb House, please keep them in prayer. It's a shit show, y'all. I have a dear friend who does this in Southeast Asia. And he said, man, our success rate is 4 in 10. We successfully rehabilitate 4 in 10. And he's like, you need to understand it's not going to be a 100% success rate. I'm like, I know. But I don't know if you all know me. I'm not a perfectionist. But I am an A-plus student. And when you love these kids, you don't want it to be 4 and 10. You want it to be 10 and 10. And we're doing everything that we can. We're using every tool in the toolkit, every trick in the book, leaning on every expert that we can get our hands on to get it as close to 10 as 10 as possible. And part of that is breaking generational curses. Forsake not the widow and the orphan. I've got two dozen orphans. And break generational curses. Raise them up in the way that they should go so they do not depart from it when they are older. Well, hurt people hurt people. Statistically, over 90% of the people who commit these atrocities had the same stuff done to them. And statistically, each offender is responsible for 82 victims. Not 82 incidents, 82 victims. And it's why breaking these generational curses is so important. And I believe, I personally believe there's an age of accountability. At some point, you know what you're doing is wrong, whether somebody else did it to you or not. And that's why we need to get to these kids now. And we need to get them put back together now so that we don't have to deal with them on the other side of the equation. So that they don't grow up and hurt somebody else then have to get a millstone hung around their neck. So please keep them in prayer. And please keep the caregivers in prayer. And with that, I bid you a fair day. I love you all. Thanks for being here. See you soon. Shalom.